You are listening to Veterinary Mental Health, Turning the Stethoscope Around, Episode 21, presented by Thoughtful Life Counseling. Welcome to the podcast. I am Taylor Miller, a veterinarian and a licensed professional counseling intern. Mental health and work-life balance are critical issues for veterinary professionals. While not intended as a substitute for individual counseling, this podcast seeks to address many of the mental health concerns common to members of our profession. Hello all, thank you for joining me today. I know I promised you an episode about the negativity bias and I do plan to deliver. However, I haven't been able to keep my mind off of what will be today's topic, namely politics, COVID, and how conversations around these topics and living through current events impacts mental health. That's what we're going to talk about today, and I will save the negativity bias topic for next week. It is coming, but I couldn't focus on it, so I decided to share what I have been focusing on. And so obviously, there is a lot going on in the world, a lot going on in the U.S. I had one friend who described current events as a developing abscess that will be lanced come election day, one way or the other, and then we'll just have to see whether it heals after that or whether we we just begin building up again. So that's how I've been thinking about the month of October as a pending abscess. Not a very good comment on current events, but maybe it will resonate with you as well. And I do want to be very clear that in this podcast, I will try my hardest not to push my own agenda or focus on my own concerns or my own views. This podcast is meant to be about how we can talk about current events and how we can navigate them to better our individual mental health. And that's truly what I care most about, how people are taking care of themselves and taking care of those people they love. And so that's what this podcast is meant to do. So what topics are on everyone's mind? What is adding to our communal stress load? Politics, obviously. We have a very polarized election coming up with a lot of emphasis on issues that are very polarizing themselves, issues that people feel very passionate about. There's a Supreme Court vacancy, which adds to the pressure. Social issues have been huge this year. Human rights, systemic racism, healthcare concerns, and class disparities joblessness and food insecurity, possibly as a result of COVID, possibly as a result of other elements that are political or social in nature. Climate change is another hot topic, particularly given all the fires on the West Coast, California, Oregon, and certainly other states have been hit hard as well. The fact that we have run through the alphabet for naming storms and are now in our second pass Then everything associated with COVID, career stress, school stress, financial stress, fear of loss or recovery from loss if you have been impacted personally by COVID or have lost somebody to COVID, changes in social support options, changes in self-care options, changes in how we simply move through a day, through a week, through a month, changes to how we interact with the world and interact with each other. So there's a lot going on. And this is assuming that you don't have any kind of personal stress this year. You don't have any illnesses, accidents, relationship stresses, job changes. And we know that that's not how the world works. 
individual crises don't stop just because there are world or national crises. So there's a lot to contend with. And many of the ways in which we are usually able to deal with these kinds of stressors are difficult to access. And I will get into that more. So how do all of these things make us feel? What is going on as a mental health result of these issues? We are often feeling overwhelmed. We are scrambling to keep up with the practical aspects of lives that are impacted by these issues, as well as scrambling to either stay informed or try to avoid information that sets off mental health concerns. Either way, it's difficult. And it's also hard work to sort through the information that is being presented to us to find what we can feel comfortable believing, to find a balance in opposing sides. And that can be extraordinarily difficult these days since there is so much polarization in the presentation of news. That sense of overwhelm is a repeating theme that I have heard over and over in relation to current events exacerbation of existing mental health struggles. So maybe you have had difficulty with anxiety, depression, or burnout in the past. Everything that's going on in the world is only going to add to those concerns and make them worse and trigger them more frequently or deepen that depression or further that burnout. So it's not helping with anything that was there before. And the final element that I want to talk about that maybe we don't acknowledge or think about specifically is feelings of safety or security. And I'm going to speak about those in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which you might be familiar with. The general premise is that basic needs must be met in order to proceed to the higher level psychological needs and then the final level of self-fulfillment needs, that you can't work on self-fulfillment if your basic needs aren't met and you can't work on your psychological needs if your basic needs aren't met. And there's been some debate about how correct this is, but as a general format for discussion, I think it works. We have our physiologic needs, those needs for food, water, warmth, and rest, and then safety needs, feelings of security and safety. So those basic needs must be met before we can take care of ourselves from a psychological standpoint. For some people, food, warmth, rest implies enough money to maintain a household and bring in food. And that is being challenged by COVID and by the economic instability that we are suffering as a result of COVID. And then with regard to safety needs, security and safety, for some, there is a heightened sense of physical threat. So worry about violence or harm as a result of some of the social issues that we are working through as a country. And if you consider threat of illness as a physical safety concern, anyone who's got elderly parents or friends, family members, colleagues with pre-existing conditions that make COVID a larger threat. And then we also know that COVID has struck down people with seemingly no pre-existing conditions. So there's an unknown factor that can be threatening or that can challenge our feelings of safety. So 
There's a lot going on in terms of physical threat. And then the element of mental threat or psychological threat is also huge. And that extends to topics beyond COVID. So that's our political atmosphere. That's our social atmosphere. That's climate change. That's all of these other major issues that we are struggling with and talking about and hearing about and witnessing. And one of the pieces that allows us to feel safe despite challenging circumstances is the ability to converse and to feel heard and supported by individuals that are close to you, family members, friends, colleagues, and even community members feeling safe within your community. Because of the degree to which so many of the issues we are working through right now are inflammatory, polarized, and people are passionate about them, that sense of being able to be safe in discussing, in learning, in grappling with these concepts is diminished. If you can't be sure that you can talk to your mom about COVID restrictions, if you can't talk to a colleague about social injustices, if you can't talk to close friends about politics, a lot of that sense of psychological safety disappears. You find yourself watching your words, you're managing your conversations, and even with attempts to manage conversations, you may still be surprised at conversations that start innocently enough or start in a reasonable tone that disintegrate into confrontations. So why is it that conversations about these topics, about politics, about COVID, about social issues, why are they so difficult to navigate safely? most prominently or most obviously, is that people often hold very strong, polarized views. There's the belief that there isn't a safe middle ground, that you either are for something or against something, and that nuances in that conversation are less important than your ultimate stance. And this tendency is reflected in and likely enhanced by the way we consume our news stories. Stories that have polarizing or inflammatory headlines are more often clicked on than those stories whose headlines reflect a more moderate or more balanced view. So it's difficult to have a conversation in which thoughtful discussion of a topic is possible if somebody's views are already formed to the point that discussion is unwelcome. So that's one element that can make conversation difficult. Even if you are trying to have a good discussion and trying to learn about another person's views and trying to thoughtfully discuss your own, stress and being stressed reduces our ability to read nonverbals and to interpret tone of voice. And if our stress level is such that these skills are compromised, Consider how many more interpretation errors you are likely to make or are likely to be made about what you are saying if those nonverbals and tone of voice are misinterpreted. So misunderstandings are more frequent in conversations in which there is a high degree of stress. And then if we think back to our podcast on negative emotions, consider also that people who are feeling a high degree of fear or uncertainty or stress may be more likely to react in anger than they are to display their fear or to display their uncertainty. 
So a conversation about a high value topic that is polarized in which the participants are unable to read each other's nonverbals and are more likely to have fear masquerading as anger That's just a recipe for failure, right? How can you have a reasonable conversation in which both parties are learning if you've got those factors working against you? So these pitfalls that I've just mentioned can be present in conversations about any of the topics that I brought up at the beginning of the podcast, politics, COVID, etc., etc. The other major pitfall that I want to talk about is the difference between what we are thinking and what we are talking about when we are having conversations with others about these high value topics. And I think a very similar thing happens when we're talking to owners about their food choices for their pets. To us, it feels like a scientific, health related piece of information that we are conveying. We are talking about how to optimize a pet's well-being. But what an owner hears isn't scientific proof that one thing is better than another. What they hear is often a criticism of their relationship with their pet and how they approach the care of their pet. And that's one of the reasons why you have so much trouble gaining ground in this particular area of medicine is the things that we are verbalizing back and forth to each other are not the actual topics of importance. But it's difficult to transition from a food conversation into a conversation about how we respect an owner's ability to make choices for their pets, how their relationship with their pet won't be impacted if they change the food. All of these things don't really have a place in the moment when you're trying to give medical advice. So if we think about this rationale and we apply it to conversations about politics, about COVID, about social justice, social change, climate change, all of these things that cause so much conversational difficulty between people who might otherwise get along very well. So if you find yourself in the situation, one question to stop and ask yourself is, what are we actually talking about? Where is the emotion coming from? Here are the verbal issues on the table, but where is my emotion coming from? Where is their emotion coming from? Maybe the fact that a friend of mine died from COVID last week is changing or coloring how I carry on this debate, even though that piece of information hasn't been mentioned. Maybe the stress of having my kids in part-time school, part-time homeschool, et cetera, et cetera, is greatly coloring how I approach this debate about social justice. They don't always have to make sense. And that's often where we get into trouble is because they don't make sense how we blend our current emotional state, our current personal circumstances into these political or social discussions. And without being able to separate the two, you never quite know what it is you're arguing about. And obviously, there are plenty of ways to argue just on the topics. I'm not saying that that there isn't conflict on the topics. But sometimes an inability to discuss things in a constructive manner might be related to the emotions that each side is carrying that have nothing to do with the actual topic on the table, especially in circumstances where you're talking to a friend or a relative or a loved one, someone who you've been able to debate things in the past that haven't gotten out of hand. If they are getting out of hand right now, check yourself, check in with them and see maybe where some of these emotions are coming from. And that might help you separate out 
what's going wrong with the conversation and what needs to be a separate conversation. So think about that as well. Where are conversations getting hijacked? And one solution, of course, is to limit the number of conversations where this type of conflict comes up. Certainly measuring your own emotional reserves and deciding how much of that reserve is going to be used for conversations versus self-care can be huge. There's a lot of pressure, of course, to stay engaged, to stay active, to stay informed. And generally, I appreciate the idea that an informed citizen is a citizen who can contribute to positive change. But you also have to be a healthy citizen if you're going to be able to contribute to positive change. So if you need to take a step back for a moment to focus on your mental health so that you can come out the other side stronger, healthier, and better able to contribute in whatever way you tend to contribute, it's okay. It is okay. If people are telling you that's not okay, make the conversation about mental health. Don't make it about civic responsibility. Ask them what their thoughts are on mental health and how that is best served. So don't let that be a conversation that's hijacked either. In today's handout, and I keep saying today's handout, and it really should be next month's handout because I'm, I'm way behind on getting those posted. But anyway, the handout that will eventually be associated with this podcast, I've got a couple of letter writing exercises that can help clarify, clarify thoughts, clarify feelings, and help you sort out what's going on for you as it pertains to current events kind of a journaling exercise, but a way to help balance out emotions that maybe you don't feel comfortable discussing with other people because of the conversational pitfalls that we have going on right now. Thank you for letting me change topics today. I really wanted to be able to get this one out there and we will return to our regularly scheduled programming next week with a look at the negativity bias, which does actually tie into what we talked about this week in terms of how we approach these stress-filled conversations. That is all the time we have for today. I am sending out warm thoughts for everyone, hoping you are making it through and hoping that everyone is finding some constructive care strategies that they are able to use for their own benefit right now. Because I know it's a hard time to be a grown-up. It's a hard time to be a kid. It's just a hard time to be human. So... Take care of yourself, and I will talk to you next week. This has been a mental health moment brought to you by Thoughtful Life Counseling. If you found today's episode helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving me a review. You can download the handout mentioned in today's episode by visiting my website at thoughtfullifecounseling.com. To have the handouts delivered by email, please sign up to receive my twice-monthly newsletter. If you have topic requests, questions or comments, please contact me through my website or any one of my social media platforms. Take care of yourself and tune in next time for a discussion of the negativity bias.